the words of Jesus are recorded in Matthew 5, 6. And he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then he promises, for they will be filled. So let me ask you, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Because here comes your refill. Alright, welcome back to Get Your Refill and welcome to the next episode on Questionables. And I'm just going to jump right into it. So here we go. Uh, today's question I think is one that everybody asks at least once in their lifetime, if not a bunch of different times, just as you grow and mature and learn and, and whatnot. Here's the question, what's my purpose? You know, the, the great philosopher Aristotle pondered this idea. You see, he believed and taught that the best way to understand something is to understand what purpose that thing was designed to serve. To what end does a certain thing exist? For example, using this mindset, the best way to understand, say, a Phillips screwdriver is to understand that its end is to turn screws in order to fasten one thing to another. That it was designed as a tool or an instrument to be used in construction. And I think... There's something to this, you know, to fully understand our purpose, we need to know what we were designed for and to what end our design helps us achieve. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Now, I think this question of purpose needs to be drilled down a little bit more. It needs to be explained a little bit more because it might seem like a simple question, but it's really not that simple because for some of us, it it encompasses a, a lot of different things, a lot of different areas in our life. For instance, some people might see it as a, like a thousand foot view type of existential question. Like, why am I here? Why do I exist? What's the purpose of my existence? What, what purpose do I serve in this world? But for some, it might be a little bit more intimate and direction driven. Like, what am I doing with my life? Is my current career what I was born to do? Is my major or education the right fit for me? Um, is this relationship I'm in where I need to be? Do I, do I need to get married and have kids or do I need to be single? Am I where I need to be in this blank area of my life? For others, this question might dig deep and scratch the inner workings of like the human mind, almost looking for motivation of existence itself. Like, why do I get up in the morning? Why am I going to work? Is my day-to-day activity futile or meaningful? Why am I doing the things that I'm constantly doing? And, and for others still, it might be this question that can be future and forward thinking. Like, what does my life point to when I'm gone? Is there a bigger purpose to all of this? Or am I just like a, a hamster running on this wheel and making it spin until I die? And then someone just hops into my place and just continues to, to run until they die. And some of you right now, you maybe you've never thought about any of these things and you're like, oh no, I don't have an answer and you're starting to get anxious and you're stressing out. So don't do that. What, what I'm hoping that this podcast can do is just give you a biblical perspective on all of this and help you see, you know what? The Bible actually has an answer and not only an answer, but an answer that seems to withstand and outlast some of these other answers that the world wants to give you that, that is just apart from Jesus. Okay, now I do want to point out before we continue, this question actually sets us apart from all other creatures on this planet. Like you and I are special because thinking about the purpose of our existence, like no other animal or living thing on this planet does that. Only humans 
ask this question or, or better yet, only humans are capable of asking such a question. You know, as, as smart as some of the other species on this planet are, none of them ask this question. Like you don't see dolphins meeting together and having this existential debate in the middle of the ocean or gorillas, you know, schedule a meeting with the elders to ponder the impact of their legacies to their children and their great grandchildren, right? Like that's absurd. In truth, what we see and what we've examined is that animals and plants, they just seem to exist, right? And so this question, if you're asking it, or if you've ever asked it, it's a unique human being experience. And I think this fact should be kept in the forefront of our minds as we try to shape an answer. Because think about it like this, if every living thing thought teleologically, which just means every living thing thought about the, the ends and the purpose of why they exist, then perhaps it could be said that, well, this is just, it's part of the overall living experience. You know, we're all just collectively playing this part in some sort of unified purpose, you know, joined or linked together by our consciousness. And we're floating on this planet with our purposes tied to one another. And it's shaped by all living things and experiences and some sort of symbiotic type of existence. Or, you know, maybe you could say, you know what, it just means nothing. You know, it's all pure coincidence. There's really no purpose at all. The fact that we all think this is just dumb luck or something, you know. But again, we don't need to go down that avenue because we're the only ones capable of such a thought. We are uniquely set apart and therefore special from all other living beings and creatures on this planet. And I think that's because we're the only ones in all of creation, according to the Bible, that can claim to be made in the image of God. Like no beast or angel can claim that. Only you and me. And so I think our purpose is and should be defined only by our master and creator and God. But I'm getting ahead of myself. What I want you to see is that to even question one's purpose is purely a human being experience because we have higher consciousness and the abilities to reason and think outside of ourselves. Okay. Now, I think we also need to realize that the topic of purpose is a major factor in a person's life. And I say this because it gives weight behind the question, what's my purpose? Like it gives a sense of urgency and a, and a desire to answer it. You know, our purpose is pretty pivotal in shaping of and living out our lives. Get this, even if a person were to say they have no purpose, because, you know, if they say, well, I have no purpose, well, yeah, you do. You're just, your purpose is to be purposeless, you know, take that as you will. But the point is your purpose or lack thereof is still going to guide your entire life. And so, for instance, if, if you're a person who, who says you have no purpose, then well, I would assume that you still want to live and enjoy your life because you exist and you're here, so why not? But maybe for you, since life has no ultimate purpose, then you just might not feel the need to excel or grow beyond what you feel. You know, your, your values are gonna fluctuate to whatever you feel in that moment. And so your purpose is non-existent, so you just kind of wing it through life. You see consequences as meaningless. They don't really matter because, well, nothing really matters. In most days, you just do whatever you feel like at your work or in relationships. It's not that nothing matters to you personally, but there's no ultimate purpose in anything. So whatever happens, happens. You know, you're just kind of a go-with-the-flow type of person. But on the other hand, if, if you do have a purpose, whatever you think that is, then everything you do is going to be filtered through that purpose. 
like how you think and process information, the job and education you have, the spouse and the number of kids you have or don't have, the amount of money in your bank account, the hours you spend on a treadmill, how you spend your free time, all of that is going to contribute to or take away from your purpose in life. And so what I want you to see is that our purpose, whatever we think it is, is going to drive our lifestyle and life choices. And so that's why I think it's important to try to answer what is our purpose. You know, positive psychologist Barbara Fredrickson says that people are driven by their sense of purpose. In her words, they know why they get up in the morning. And so, okay, let's explore some answers to this question. Author Richard Leiter has in his book, The Power of Purpose, a life map guide that helps people determine their purpose. He says it's derived from this equation, gifts plus passions plus values. So in other words, your purpose is found in what you love to do, what you're interested in, and what you believe to be important. So, okay, let's take a highly successful athlete and just apply this formula to their life, okay? Their gift is that they are highly athletic. You know, they have the genes to play the game, not only with high precision, but also extreme longevity. They have the mental acuity to rise above other competitors in their sport. And then they have this natural athleticism as a foundation. And and their passion would be the game itself. Like they're interested in the tactics and the strategies of competition. They're a student of the game. And they're not only able to play it well, but also teach it too. And then finally, what they value would be prosperity and financial security in their future. And so landing a high paying position on a pro team means that they're going to be able to provide for themselves and their family in the years to come. And so they can live the way they want. They can buy what they want. They can live where they want to choose and wear the clothes that they want to buy. And essentially, they're achieving the American dream. And so according to Leiter, This person has therefore unlocked their purpose and their life, and they now have all the ingredients and the direction for living a life of purpose. And that sounds really, really good, but what I want to say is, what happens when that athlete tears an ACL, or maybe gets cut from the team a few seasons in, or retires at 35, or wakes up in a few years and finds out that the game that they used to love so much, they now hate and resent like, do you remember the movie, Remember the Titans, when Bertier got in a car wreck and was paralyzed from the waist down? We all had this moment of, oh no, what's he going to do now, right? So my question is that when your purpose is no longer achievable, what are you going to do? If your whole life is pointing to what you do or what you like or what you value, I don't know, that seems like a really shaky foundation because all of those things change. Like they're all fluid. What I liked a year ago or five years ago or even a few decades ago, man, I'm getting old, but still a few decades ago, it's all different. Like (laughs) I was going to be a high school math teacher and a football coach, but today I'm a worship pastor with a podcast and a self-published book. Like, does that mean that I'm outside my purpose? You see, to me, basing our purpose on what Leiter says, which is again, what we do, what we like and what we value is wrong because what happens when you can't do what you want to do or when you can't achieve or continue in your interests or what happens when what you value is taken from you to like, to me, it seems that lighter's formula, which is a very common formula. It only works when everything is going well. 
It only works in times of prosperity, not in times of famine. And if you've been alive longer than a minute, you know that life has a healthy dose of both, like most of the time. And if the scales are tipped, typically for most of us, it's going to tilt more towards the famine side. And so if the reason you wake up in the morning is based on such fluid and shaky factors and situations, you're going to fall. Like, look at what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 26. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Like, Jesus says not only did the house fall, but the fall was pretty great. Like, if everything in your life is guided by a purpose that is firmly cemented in elements that you yourself create, that you determine is your purpose based on superficial factors and external forces, and you formulate your entire world around what you can create, your fall sooner or later is going to be great. Because this world is unpredictable, right? And sometimes it rains when we're expecting sunshine. Or a hurricane shows up and floods out our home and washes away all our belongings. Or sickness creeps in and we lose our health or our stamina. And the strong winds of negativity or persecution or just time itself wreaks havoc in our lives. And we can't control any of these things. And so that's why Jesus says, look, if you're building your life on that foundation, you're a fool. Okay, so maybe an inward formula isn't the answer to purpose. Okay, maybe it's what Berkeley says. Maybe it's an outward formula. Like I saw a study that showed that helping others find meaning and hope in this world is really our purpose in life. It's that altruistic side of humanity. That This study was from Greater Good Magazine. It's a publication out of the Science Center at Cal Berkeley. It stated this, quote, Certain emotions and behaviors that promote health and well-being can also foster a sense of purpose, specifically awe, gratitude, and altruism. Of course, awe, all by itself, won't give you a purpose in life. It's not enough to just feel like you're a small part of something big. You also need to feel driven to make a positive impact on the world. That's where gratitude and generosity come into play. As research by William Damon, Robert Emmons, and others have found, Children and adults who are able to count their blessings are much more likely to try to contribute to the world beyond themselves. This is because if we can see how others make our world a better place, well, we'll be more motivated to give something back. Here we arrive at altruism. There's little question at this point that helping others is associated with a meaningful, purposeful life. End quote. So, there it is. You know, if you want to find purpose, be connected to something larger than yourself. Be grateful for what you have and where you are and then serve others. It's not a formula, but a perspective. And now, again, there's nothing wrong with seeing ourselves in the bigger scope of humanity or being thankful or helping others with this lens of community and self-sacrifice. None of that is bad. But if your purpose is based on that, it's missing something. It doesn't answer for me. It doesn't answer the question of how we're connected to others. Like, is it just our humanity? Because I, I don't know if you've looked around lately, humanity's pretty divided right now. <laughs> Ironically, especially at Berkeley. 
And, and I think that is because people are messy. People are broken and they're different. You know, it's hard to connect with someone you fundamentally don't see eye to eye with. And so if we're connected just by the simple truth that we're the same species, that's going to fall apart pretty quickly. You know, saying we're connected and we're all one, it sounds really good, but unfortunately, it's just not true. Some people are guided purely by selfish desires. Some people only look out for themselves. And if we are just looking at the world with these rose-colored glasses and, and crossing our fingers, then we're just kidding ourselves. You know, it all sounds nice, but unfortunately, it's just not very practical. Now, the other thing that Berkeley talked about was, was living a grateful life. Again, there's nothing wrong with being grateful. I think that's a biblical response. Jesus praised God and gave thanks all the time. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. There's nothing wrong with being grateful and thankful. But I wonder how the folks at Berkeley would tell a woman who lost her baby boy to cancer, you know what, just be thankful. Or, or how would they respond to a man who lost his job and can no longer feed his family? Like, would they just say, you know what, just have a positive outlook on life? And then, you know, how would you tell those people who really need help, who are genuine and desperate, how would you go about telling them, you know what, go out and serve others? That's going to give you meaning. Like, how does this perspective help those who are grieving or hurting or dying find purpose and strength? Again, on the outset, this advice sounds really good. But when life does its thing and starts rustling the leaves, this perspective seems to fall apart. So what's the answer? You know, what's our purpose? I think the Bible has a really good response to this. Because the Bible teaches that our purpose on earth is twofold. The first is to give glory to God. Revelation 4.11 Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. God created all things, including you and including me, and therefore he determines our purpose. So just like that screwdriver analogy, it would be silly for that tool created by the craftsman to say, no, I think I'm going to start painting houses because that's not what it was created for. The craftsman created that tool for a specific job. And so likewise, God created you for a specific job and purpose in mind. A tool should not seek the glory and honor for themselves, but give glory and honor and praise to its creator by living out its purpose. This is why the psalmist says in 115.1, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. And as tools crafted by the great creator, whatever we do, we do to the glory of God. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10.31. And some of us might push back on this and say, no, 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 this life is my own. Like I have my own purpose I'm going to live out. But that's not how things work. All of humanity was made by God, and so he determines our purpose. And if you are a Christian, then it's even more clear, because you don't belong to yourself. God, God's word says to, in fact, deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow him. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6.20, you were bought with a price, meaning Christ owns all of you. You belong to God, and so glorify God in your body. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. To live with a biblical purpose is to have God shape your life and your perspective because we're his, created in him, walking in the ways God has already set before us. And so that's our first purpose is to glorify God. And the second purpose is to join in the ministry of God. Look at what it says in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. This is the famous Great Commission passage. God brought the good news of the kingdom of God through Jesus. And through his life and death and resurrection, Jesus fulfilled the law and the gospel. And now as people of God, we are to, as Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light shine before others so that they may see our good works, our lives, us living out our purpose, and what? Give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians 2, 4, we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are entrusted with this message. So we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. So our purpose is to share the good news of the gospel, that message that we've been entrusted with and join in God's ministry to seek and save the lost and to be used by our creator to bring others into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, to be consistent across all perspectives, let's do the same thing we did again, okay? Let's, let's try to be critical of the biblical perspective. And so as an athlete, how would they respond to them not being able to play the game anymore? Well, if I was that athlete, I would go, you know what? My purpose wasn't to play the game at all. I was able to honor God and, and bless God by, by using my body for excellence, but my purpose is not in a game. And now that that season of my life has passed, I know God's still not done with me. You know, I was blessed to have fans and, and social media platforms, and, and I have the respect of a lot of different people because of how I played the game. And now that they're listening, I can now tell them where true hope and joy is found, which is in Christ. And I can tell people, you know what? My purpose is not wrapped in a game. It's tied to the God of the universe, the creator of my soul. And so, you know, whatever reason that I stopped playing the game, I could say, you know, my purpose is still the same. It's to glorify God and spread the gospel. Okay, well, you might say, well, what about the people who are having a hard time? Like, what about the person who's broken or jobless or grieving and sick and dying? Or, or you know, how would this perspective help them? Well, I think this biblical perspective still gives them a reason to get up in the morning. Because the Christian perspective on purpose is not circumstantial. Our purpose comes from God, who is creator and sovereign over all. So in the midst of like a terrible loss, a person can still praise God for their loved one and for the time that they had with them. And then they can tell others why in the midst of their grieving and, and their hurting, they have joy and peace that goes beyond understanding. Or in the fear of losing a job or in the midst of losing a job, a person could see that, you know what? God has been faithful and does not leave his people. He is not turning a blind eye to my suffering. And I know he's with me and I know he's going to provide for me. For those that are sick and dying, you know what? They might think, you know what? Jesus has provided a hope for a future that 
with it has no pain and no suffering. And really, the greatest evil, my greatest plague, has been conquered on the cross. And so even though this life is temporal, and right now it's painful, and I'm sick and I'm hurting, I know that my future is blessed because I'm going to spend eternity with the God of the universe. Like, do you see what I mean? Like with a purpose grounded in the gospel of Christ and a focus on God and his kingdom, no manner of wave or wind can shake those foundations. Our purpose is to glorify God. And that might look different for everyone in different situations, but my point is that it's possible in all situations. And our second purpose is to spread the good news of the gospel. Again, that might look different in all other different contexts, but you can share it in all of those contexts. The one thing that I struggle with living that inward purpose like Leiter talked about or an outward purpose like the one Berkeley proposed is that they're all based on us, like you and me. We have to muscle up the courage and strength. We have to shape our behaviors and thoughts. It's based on what we think and what we feel. And I don't know about you, but I'm a broken individual. Like I struggle with anger and anxiety and hurt and loneliness. And that's all just this week. So to base my purpose on how I'm feeling in the moment and my own motivation to make things happen, it really means that I'm in deep, deep trouble. And that's when everything is going right. Like it's a whole new ball game when the winds and the waves come and I'm even more of a mess. And so my purpose, if that's what it is, it's either that inward or outward, that's on shaky ground and heading into a thunderstorm and all I have is an umbrella. But this is the beauty of the God-directed purpose, is that it's all in God's hands. Because again, we're all fallen, broken, sinful people. And we're not going to do this right all the time. But that's why God gave us the Holy Spirit to live in us. And as we grow closer to God by allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us, it strengthens us to lift our heads high in times of extreme burden and loss and gives us wisdom and perspective when those clouds roll in. And it gives us hope and joy when things like sickness or pain or death or instability come our way. Again, it's not in our strength, but in his Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. All right, I want to leave you with this. Some might hear this podcast and think that I'm pushing for everyone to become a monk and live in a monastery as if being a Christian means we must rid ourselves of all our talents and skills and be void of any drive or desire. You know, that if you're, if you're not miserable, then you're not a good Christian and you clearly don't love Jesus. And, and we're supposed to live our true purpose as missionaries overseas or that I'm pushing for everyone to join vocational ministry. And that's not what I'm saying at all. You know, for, for some of you, you might be called to, you know, join in vocational ministry or go overseas on a, on a, a you know, lifelong mission or something like that. But that's not what I'm pushing you for. You see, all of us have unique wants and desires, and I believe those wants and desires are God-given. They're not evil. They're not a sin. They were embedded in you by the creator God to make you, you. And so if you want to be a teacher, go for it. You know, if you want to be a scuba instructor, if your purpose in life is to, to live in the ocean and swim with sharks and study coral, then go for it. Go live your life. Enjoy. 
I'm not saying you can't fulfill your dreams and aspirations, or even more specifically, I'm not saying don't have dreams or aspirations. When I'm talking about purpose, I'm pointing to overall purpose of your existence. You see, we're all designed by God to fulfill different positions and professions and things like that. Like, that's fine. So if you have a mind for something, go do it. If you have a passion for something, go get it. You know, go, go live your life. What I'm saying is that in your chosen direction in life, don't forget that your overall purpose is to glorify God and share the good news with others. And so if you're a teacher, be the best teacher that you can be for the glory of God and share Jesus with everyone you can. You know, if you're in the office, uh, if, if you're on the road, if you're in the kitchen, if you're in the storefront, what is your purpose? It's to glorify God and share the good news. And in that way, you are living as God created you. You are fulfilling your purpose. All right. Have a great, great week. I'll see you next time.